I'm Joshua Potts, Mr. Possible, always with a brother with the same mother, Aaron Potts, Super Hot Potts, and we're your favorite two black runners coming at you every single two black two. Yes, and we're back with another one. Excited for this. I mean, no, no, we've had athletes like this before, but this is going to be different. Another Olympic contender that we're having on today, Joshua. Real, this is going to be real. exciting. They don't know. Some of them don't know. Some of them don't know, but they really going to find out. Like, if you don't know, now you know. We're putting you people on. This podcast, you're going to know. You're going to be excited when you get in and you watch the Olympics and you watch this man kill it. You already seen him at the Olympic trials. You already seen him doing his thing. But before we get into it, oh, before dear. we introduce him, I just want to say thank you to everybody that's been listening to the podcast, following us on Runner Report, uh, watching on YouTube and everything like that. We really do appreciate the sport, love the sport. I hope you guys like the podcast last week because we're really about to get into the olympics right now start recapping it but we got one more great interview with the 2020 with the 2021 olympic trials champion in the steeplechase he's an iowa state ncaa all-american as stand well up. This, stand man up. Was in, this man was in the army army let me salute to him as well he really do it all straight from el Dorette to america to colorado springs we got we got the two-time olympian hillary Bohr in the building on yes. the podcast all two black runners hillary how's it going my man how's it going Hey, it's going good, man. Thanks for the introduction. That was a little hype, but hey, it's going good. How are you guys doing? We're doing hey, good. We're doing great. Good. Like, especially to have you on, you definitely deserve the hype for sure, for sure. Like, you were, you won the Olympic trials. You did your thing. You got it done. Just how was that moment in Hayward Field uh, this past month when you won the Olympic trials? Could you just take us back to that for a second? It felt good, man. You know, it's it's something everybody works for. You know, you dream of winning Olympic trials, and uh, you know, it's it's every kid's dream. Uh, and you know, it's going to the trials. I was really, really, really nervous going to it. And uh, you know, when the expectation is high, it's it's kind of different intensity. So, and the the scheduling for the steeplechase was not you know you know ever. You know, you run on a Monday, yeah. and then you have four days to just sit on the on the hotel and just think just about waiting. what's going to happen on Friday. So, but, uh, you know, it went well. Uh, I went there. My call was, my first call was to win the trials. And then, you know, my second one, if I didn't want to win, if I didn't win the trials, my second was, you know, make the team. Uh, yeah. Making the team was the biggest call for me. And uh, on top of that, winning was just, you know, top it up, you know. What was it like coming into this one versus 2016? People didn't expect you to be on that team. You made it and qualified. Whereas now you were kind of, you kind of went this with a target on your back coming off of being the first American to win at a diamond league steeple with a big, big P fastest PR in the field too. How was that compared to 2016? It was totally different. Man, people don't really know. We, we don't really know the backstory of it. Uh, going to the Olympic trials in 2016, I was actually telling my coach, man, this is going to be my last race. I think I'm going to retire after this. Because uh, uh, before that, my steeple PR was like 832. I ran 832 ADS in a row. And wow. like, I can see an improvement. But coming to that Olympic trials, I ran 817. And a shout out to my coach, uh, Scott Simmons. He, he was the only one telling me, you could, you're going to make the team. And uh, I wasn't even ranked at the top 10 going to the... 2016 Olympic trials and I felt good through the rounds and you know I made a team the expectation was low there was no pressure now for five years later I won the trials in 2016 I won the USA trials in uh, 2019 now expectation is high people mm -hmm, expect yeah. me to make the team and with expectation comes with more pressure and that way you know you have to be really really prepared it's not easy you know adds up to a lot of people who have been the top for long because it's not an yeah. easy job because uh, <laughs> coming in i was really i was really prepared and uh, it was exciting and it's different pressure and uh, you know coach gave me the plan i followed the plan and executed it to, 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 to the perfection and i was glad uh, to come out on the top yeah everybody wants to be the king but 
everybody doesn't want to pay the king's dues and for sure and you're able, you're able to get it done this year but i want to go back to one second what you just said earlier that you have to wait four days like i remember that i, I forgot about that that the steeple like happened on friday and then you have to wait those couple of days like what you do in between were you just doing like easy runs all in between like how are you passing the time just in eugene did you have an xbox up there or something i don't know like were you playing uno with paul <laughs> chalimo how, how are you getting through the time like that's a lot of suspense <laughs> leading up hey. to the side yeah paul chalimo was my roommate but all we can do is slip man like the nba was going on i watched part of the nbs and okay. uh, yeah and why the that's that's all i did like very much that's all i did because you can't do anything four days is a lot yeah yeah you can get tempted to do a light workout in between yeah but you know it's 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 really 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 it's a lot of days but at the same time you can't do anything because any mistake you you do it's gonna cost your team and uh, i feel like some people may have done something in between but for me just easy runs easy runs come back eat and sleep just get rest. And I know you have you have two you have two kids. Was your family with you at the trials and were you hanging out? Was that like calming to have them with you that entire time or what was that like? No, no, they they didn't come to the trials. Okay. They, were just, they were in springs by the most of the time I was just my daughter she's a she'd be four in two months and she likes to play some random games on on the phone. And I yeah, would spend yeah. like I would spend like two three hours just playing with that, and that's 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 actually have me a lot. Just you know, don't think about the the race at, at that time because you're just having fun and just connecting with your with your kids. And another question I want to ask about like your kids as well, like have they caught in the starter understanding like the fact that like you do this for a living that like you run every single day for a living like this is your job have they understand that like for for in a sense or like do they still not kind of get like what you kind of do actually my daughter she started to understand right now because uh, every time she'll be like oh daddy you need to go for a run i feel like oh why is daddy running She'll be like, oh you need to take me shopping so they, she <laughs> okay. understand now because you'll be like oh i want something you know you that and every time I go for a race, be like, you better win the race, daddy. And uh, <laughs> I remember my first race in Eugene, that was in April. And she was watching the race. Uh, uh, my, my wife actually had a video of her watching the race. And she was, uh, she was really excited when I took the lead. But when I lost, she was like, no, that's not good. And she was, she you could tell, like, she was like, daddy lost. That's not good. And she didn't want to talk about it. So that's, that's right. He's hey. a funny too. So she's going to be a thing. competitor. You can already tell she, she's a competitor. She is. She is. <laughs> One thing too, like, like you're saying though, heavy is the head that wears the crown and you truly, you are the face of the men's steeple right now. You won in 2019 at the USA champs. This year at the trials you won and you you just you have the fastest time you're all you're always up there but me and josh were talking about this i feel like when we have someone you know coming from kenya or ethiopia and becoming an american citizen and doing these extraordinary things people are still more focused on the people that are behind you in the race and we don't feel like you get the props that you that you deserve what is it like dealing what is it like dealing with that just in your career in general i know it's that's probably kind of new to you because you were running 832 a couple years ago and now it's everyone's looking to you to to lead the way in the steeple you know at the end of the day it's just like you, you got a job to do it's like you know my job to do is just to represent the u.s at the best and uh, it's up to my teammate and my coach to make sure i am prepared and anything, everything else is just, you know, you don't have to worry about anything else. Just go there, get a job done and just, you know what, you know, if you, if you do, I always say if you do, if you go there and execute your race to the best of your ability and you do the best, you know, that's all you, you can worry about. So anything else is just, you know, that's what it is. You can't control. There's some things we can't control, but it doesn't bother me that much. Yeah, on, on top of that, of just 
being like you you came from Kenya, but like you you went into the army and then you went into like the WCAP program and did but you did like you served and everything like that. Like, what does it mean to be an Olympian after serving in the army and like representing the country, getting your citizenship through that? And now your second, well, your second time being an Olympian, like how much being an Olympian and representing with USA on your chest mean to you? You know, and I always tell people, without the army, I don't think I would be running uh, right now. Because uh, I graduated in uh, Iowa State in 2011. Uh, that's when I finished my eligibility. And then I was actually second last in the NCA. And uh, by then I was like, I think I'm done with running. So I took a break from running. Uh, I went to New Mexico State. I did my, master, uh, my master's there, mm-hmm. master's program. And then... I, I wasn't running that much then. I was just running just not to get fat, per se. But, uh, and then when I was finishing my uh, master's, I was like, man, I, I, I really like this country. I want to stay in the U.S. And uh, by then they had, they had really a good program. You know, the world-class athlete. People always refer to world-class athlete program, but you don't join the army to be in the world-class athlete program. The program yeah. was uh, called Mavni. Mission essential for for vital for insecurity. The program it was called Mavni. So it was basically they were looking for people with specific uh, skills. For me, it was a it was a Swahili speaking Swahili, and that and then other people is like if you have a, a degree in uh, especially in uh, like nursing, those are mm. specific skills they were looking for. So I joined the army through my skill of uh, speaking in Swahili. So I had to go to the, there, did my, you had to do some tests. I did the test and then I, I passed it and then I joined the army. So when I joined the army, actually I wasn't, I wasn't running that much. I was just running for fun. So I went to Fort Jackson, did my training. And then I was really, 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 really lucky to be stationed here in Colorado Springs. Wow. So I came to, I got stationed in Colorado Springs and then when I got stationed at Colorado Spring, you know, in the Hami, if you run, they have the physical fitness test. Mm-hmm. So I remember I went there, I ran a two mile, and I ran, I remember I ran like 9.30. And uh, my leadership was like, man, you're so fast. Why are you not in the world-class athlete program? I was like, no, I'm not that fast. I, I, I used to run in college. And then, thank God, I had really, really good leadership uh, in the Hami. And they let me, what do you guys, what do you, what do you want us to do if you want to continue to run? And then the Hami had a, they have two different main events. They have the Hamt Forces Cross Country and they have the Army 10 Miler. So the first, uh, one of the coaches from uh, Armed Forces contacted me and was like, oh, you, wanna, you wanted me to run the Armed Forces Cross Country. And that's how the, I started training. Now I was like, okay, I, I, I'm training for something. So mm-hmm. I could wake up at 5.30, do my running, go to, a, go to work, report uh, at the base on at nine. And then after I work at five, go for my running and then go back home. And I did that for three years, uh, 2013, 2014, 2015. So 2015, my running started getting better. And I started training the, I started on, Weekends and off days, I joined the program with Scott Simmons. And then 2016, my unit deployed, and I was with my brother Julius. He's currently in uh, Korea. And uh, when my unit deployed, they needed some people to stay back. So I stayed back, my brother deployed, and then I stayed back with some few guys. And then 10, I had, I was lucky to have good leadership throughout the army for those three, three years. And then one of the, my, uh, my commander came and was like, we need you to try to go to Olympic trials. That was in December. Because I had gone to the World Military Games. I was seven in the World Military Games, 2015. I had only ran 8.45. The winning time was 8.23. So, but they, was really exci- they were really excited to see me perform that way. I was like, oh, what do you need to, what do you need us to do? I was like, you know what? You know, I just give me time. I needed time to train. And they was like, okay, come to work at 10. Just do what you gotta do in the morning. Come to work at yeah. ten, and the rest. And uh, I did that for J- uh, January, February, March. But I could just train in the morning, go to work, train in the afternoon, like that until May. That's when I ran eight twenty-seven. 
mm-hmm. in May. Uh, yeah. When I ran eight point seven, it's like okay. The later she was like, you have two months to the trials. Now they gave me all of for two months. Like okay, we're gonna give you TDY for two months, just train but not come to work. And uh, I trained that two months with the scats ADB. Wanted the trials feeling well, and uh, I made the team. And then That's when crazy. I made a team. When I made a team, now the world class. I, the world, so when I made the team, my contract was up. Okay. And, uh, I got inside the world, world class, world class athlete program. It's like, okay, we need you come back for three more, four more years for 2020, and we're gonna put you in the program. And hey, that's how I'm still doing it. Did you? We're gonna get, we're gonna get deeper into this as we go further. But like, I want to know. When you started, um, you know, when you were just running for running for fun, then you did like that army, the army 10 miler. Did you just did you start to find like a new like love and appreciation for for running during that time? Because you you came off just having like a little break, too. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. I think that break could help me. And uh, by then I was just I didn't even care what I was doing. I was just run, going there and run. And it was more relaxed more so for just like especially the evening run was like you have you've been work for a whole day yeah i get to the house and now by then i was living by myself just go for a run and it was feel it was it actually was relaxing goes after the run i feel relaxed and yeah. i was excited i was more excited every day so i was looking forward for the training every every day especially the train with the the adb i was just looking forward for it was a new challenge for me they were kicking my butt, but you know, it was fun. I was just doing it for fun and it was, there was no pressure. And when you do something with no pressure, you see a lot of results. Yeah, most definitely. Like you have, you had nothing to lose at that point and was really able to relax back back then. But you, you kept on being able to relax and like you got to that level out in 2019 and everything like that, being that US champion and everything like that. Being that US champion, then getting back-to-back U.S. champion now and we're going to definitely go back into like the back into that program and everything that you did but also you just came off of a race in the Monaco Diamond League in the steeplechase went out there I believe you finished fourth or, or fifth place out there just what have you what did you learn from that race and I believe is that going to be your last one going into Tokyo in the steeplechase at least yes it's going to be my last one and then going to that race my fitness was there I felt like I was ready to run something like 805. But I think I underestimated how the US Championship took a lot out of me. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of not even just like the the fitness, the, the physical part of it, but the mental part of it. Because uh, staying there in, the, in Eugene for 10 days, just, you know, literally, you literally didn't do anything, just run 30 minutes. And I just think about the race. I think that that took a lot out of me. So I, I came back from uh, Eugene, did one good workout, but my legs were not there. But I felt like I was still ready to run 18. And uh, I went there, I felt good. And then, you know, something unexpected happened. Uh, yeah. At the one, and the one mile, because the best maker was supposed to take us through the two game. So when the uh-huh. best maker stepped out of the, I thought, I wanted to see what the split, what the split for the two gate was. So when he took, when he stepped out, I saw the split was four, four twenty. I was like, oh, he only took us four laps. But when we came around, <laughs> I saw the number of the number of laps remaining was supposed to be three, and then he showed us two laps remaining. So you knew um, early that it so was. I all... knew early. Yes, I knew. I told the guy ahead of me, it's like, I think this thing is messed up, but they didn't, they didn't hear what when I said it. So I knew, okay. This is gonna be weird because I knew the guys were getting ready to start kick, and uh, then when we when we came to the water, what the water, what the water jump, they started picking it up. So I was like, nah, I'm not gonna go with them because I still we still have two laps. And then when they took it off, I just I think I slowed down too much and I lost the momentum. And then my last my last water jump, I kind of twist my ankle a little bit and then I lost another momentum and. Still ran 8.14, but I felt like I should have run at least 8.10 at worst. Yeah, that was a, I was watching that race live. That was very strange. I was like, what? How did they, how did they mess up the laps? Like, 
don't see that yeah. every day. And then in the women's yeah. race, she miscounted. <laughs> so it was just, it, yeah, it was just all no. over. Did they mess up she the laps on that one too? No, she didn't miscount it. They rang the bell again. Oh my God. Oh. So they did the same. So it's like, I think what they, what happened is like the numbers that shows you how many laps they go, they didn't yeah. have the three. So he goes from oh. four and then goes to the two. <laughs> they didn't have number three in there. And that's wow. what happened. They did the same with the women. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> and I feel like, for, like, even just to be like knowing that's coming, like seeing somebody like make such an aggressive move, I think could definitely just like throw you off, like sort of mentally, like the whole field, just be all like, cause it's just, Thank I feel like it. that's just a weird situation, you know, like a weird situation in such a high level race where you're trying to run fast, just be all like, Bro, like they're running fast, but I know they're not supposed to be running fast. But should I be running a little bit faster? Like just the yeah. hard to like <laughs> judge everything out. So yeah, that's such a that's such yeah. a, just a messed up situation. And such a great like field too, and a great field where you guys should have ran. The world lead should have came out and everything. Like whole bunch of whole bunch of people should have been like in the world lead from that race. Yes, you're right. Cause uh, I think my mind went off uh, just looking at them. Like what's gonna happen with them? Cause I knew somebody's gonna just really really be pissed off and uh, i kind of i became a spectator yeah instead of just focusing in my race and but yeah. as we go into more of the podcast we want to learn more about you and kind of just like your upbringing as well <laughs> and one of the questions that we like to ask all of our guests when we have them on is just like who is that person from when like you were when you were a kid in el Dorette that really like influenced you the most or who's just been the most influential person in your life so far that has helped you get to this point i think the the thing that helped us when we grow up is uh when we were growing up is uh, my hang my hangles uh my hangle was uh his name the only ones amos Korir. he was the first group of people who came to us uh he came to united states in late 1970s uh, around like 76 and he was a steeplejacer too. I think he ran in college around 818 in college back in 1978. Okay. He went to Villanova and then my other uncle is named uh, Barnabas Corrier. He went to Iowa State uh, from 1984 to 88. And uh, so our family actually have a history of uh, running. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, uh, that's, that's, that's the two most people I looked up after because uh, I wanted to follow them. Uh, I wanted to emulate them. Although I didn't, really, I didn't actually enjoy running. I just enjoy following the athletics part of it. Your younger brother Emmanuel is that your only sibling, or do you have any brother sisters? Or actually, it's not my younger brother. He's my I'm. He's older. Okay. He's older than me. I'm missing yes, that. I have. Uh, I have six, uh, no, I have five brothers and one sister. Okay. So there's, there's like seven of us. And uh, three of us are here in States. And then, uh, so- my, so another one is uh, Julius Ball. He went to Alabama. He's actually the most talented. Uh, he was, to me, he's the most talented of the far- of our family. But uh, he had issues with, that, with his path. And he ran, he ran three in college but now it's just serving in the army right now in korea okay so y'all gotta yeah y'all gotta run in family we we're a little bit of the same and with we have two other brothers not as not as fast as y'all but (laughs) yeah we all grew up running club track like we're 800 runners and one of our brothers was a thrower too so we're we're about that about that track life too but is that what brought you to the sport? Were you kind of just born into it? Yes, very much. Uh, my older brother actually went to, I think, a small uh, D2 in uh, Texas, early 2000. When he graduated, he ran a marathon. He ran at 2.12 back in 2.07. And then, so my so he, all my brothers were running back, back in Kenya. Was the goal too, like when you guys were all younger, like seeing, knowing your uncles were doing this as well, like, oh, we wanna, we wanna go pro, like we wanna, like, was the, was the goal ever when like you're younger or just teenagers with you and Emmanuel, like, bro, we wanna both be 
racing at the Olympics one day, or we want to both be at the U.S. championships or the NCAA championships one day. Was that some of the things you guys talked about? For me, no, not really. But Emmanuel and uh, my other brother, Julius, mm-hmm. they because we were, we used to watch every race, World Championship Olympics. They were just really, really in the running because they started running when they were young. For yeah. me, I was just like, I was just a sport of, I was a student of the sport. Just, I just like watching athletics. That's all I really cared by then. Because uh, I play fallable in high school and do other stuff. I was just more other stuff than just running. So that's why I didn't even, I started after, towards the end of high school, my senior year, that's when I started running. But oh, in my mind, yes, I never thought of competing in the Olympics. The thing, the thought of competing in the Olympics just came back when I was in college and started enjoying running. And I saw that I had a talent, and I yes, that came in my mind like, man, it could be good to just compete in the Olympics. Yeah, and we were talking about this earlier too. It's funny, like you said, your senior year you started running, but before that you were more so triple jump, um, pole vault, a bunch of field events. What yeah, made you, what made you be like, hey, I should I should be doing this. I should try this distance stuff that you know my my brothers are doing. Because the only way to get scholarship is you know to be around. You have to hit that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My uncle actually. So like I say, I I I kind of follow everything what my uncle was doing. It my uncle actually came with scholarship of Balford. He was doing Balford, but when he oh. got here. He wasn't in the level of what they expected. And then he started running. Mm-hmm. And I knew the only way. So, you know, it's it's kind of a little bit different. Uh, it starts with the school system. In Kenya, mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of universities. And uh, I was really into school. And uh, to be to get entry in the top universities, only 10% of the graduates I High school graduates get that uh, that slot, and I missed by just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I had an, I had two options: go back to twelfth grade and do better, or find another way of getting education. And uh, when I talked to my brother, and it was like, "There's no other options; just start training and try to get a scholarship." Was that was that a stressful decision? Like making that decision, like, oh, should I should I go back another year or should I train? Was that like a big decision that you were making at the time, or is it like kind of like whatever? No, it was. It was because like like I say, I wasn't into like really really running. I liked I liked the school a lot. The the school aspect a lot. And when I missed that slot of going to the university in Kenya, I was like, okay, the only way I can be in the top university is just to run and that in that and that if that's the case you know i changed my mind and started running and that's what led to you ended up ended up at iowa and that was your uncle's alma mater did he have like a a contact to that or was your brother where did your brother go to school was he already was he already out there so we graduated i graduated with my brother in high school the same year okay and then we started training and he got good really quick so he got a scholarship within four months of the training to attend the University of Alabama. And then he came that, he, so he graduated in December. He came that uh, the next year fall to a University of Alabama and he ran really well. And then I got a I-20, I got a scholarship to the University of Alabama. So I started the University of Alabama. Mm-hmm for one semester but i was 17 years old what i didn't knew it was like i had signed a national national letter of intent my my mom had signed, my parents had signed a national letter of intent to go to iowa state because oh. because uh, by 10 the coach at iowa state was uh, my hangouts teammate oh me i just wanted to get out of kenya i wanted to go to school so I went yeah. to Alabama semester, I didn't, and then I had a national letter of intern at Iowa State. That's why I moved to Iowa State. 
But oh, yes, my, yeah, my hangover, my coach uh, was a teammate, my, my hangover then at Iowa State. Dang, that sounds that sounds stressful, stressful too. You're like, <laughs> wait, I'm in the whole wrong state. And that's a transition too with like weather and just like, like people. What was it like to, like when you first got to the States, you moved, you kind of moved around like from the South yeah. all the way to Iowa? South yeah, Midwest? The, yeah, the first time when I landed in Alabama, I think Alabama had a lot of Kenyans then. So, mm-hmm. so it was easy transition because I would hang out with them. But when I went to move to Iowa State, uh, by then I was probably the only Kenyan. And we had one Sudanese called Maria. Uh, to me, it was a blessing because uh, I wanted to learn the culture. And the mm-hmm. only way is just to be alone there and just, you know, survive, 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 survive. And uh, I adjusted well. The only thing that was hard to adjust was the winter. It's too cold out there. <laughs> yeah, we we from California, so we still don't really know about that life. That sounds tough. Yeah, it's cold, man. But hey, since then I've been uh, in the Midwest, so oh seven now, almost fourteen years. I've been in the winter every year. Yeah, you oh, Colorado Springs <laughs> too. Yeah, it's the same. Yes, I moved from Iowa to Colorado. Yeah, that's cold. That's yeah. What I'm curious too is all like you mentioned Alabama, Iowa State were the two schools that you're connected to, and now seeing those schools now over the past what two, well probably like four years, they've had a lot of Kenyan athletes as well. From what Mercy Chinla got just won uh, NCAA's in cross country, she did yeah. her thing in the 10K, and like Wesley Kip too and Edwin Kurgat at Iowa State. Just like, how is it seeing like people, those younger people like come over from Kenya and excelling at those type of, like at your alma mater, Iowa State, and even your brother's alma mater, uh, Alabama, how is that for you to see them excel? It's good feeling, man, it's a tradition. You know, uh, I remember when I went to Iowa State and look at the people who came before me, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of the greatest athletes that came before me and uh, to see them to see the tradition continue is it's a blessing you know it, like I say we I'm, I was born in Kenya we don't have a lot of privilege mm-hmm. and for someone else to get that privilege and to get for you know to get that education and just to get better and then get a job and just have other people back at home is it's a blessing it's a it's a good feeling, and I'm really happy with uh, with those guys. I, I talk to them all the time, and you know, I just tell the coach, you know, continue the tradition. We have to keep the tradition going. Yeah, yeah. But that has to be that should just be tight too, because definitely like seeing you like win the Olympic trials and just seeing well, even like Paul Chlimo win the Olympic trials as well, and the things that you guys do, and you guys be able to have that connection. I feel like that has to be that has to be such a. Uh, like a tight, a tight, like almost like a like a brotherhood, a brotherhood, or like a, a what's it called, a fraternity in a way, or yeah. sorority in a way, but a real family that you guys have all created. That would be a, a tight, uh, tight culture to experience. I bet for them and for you as well. We don't take it for granted, man. It's a blessing to represent this country. Uh, we go there and just you know to wear that USA is not is it, it's a blessing. You know, mm. it's something something I'm really proud of. It's because. Uh, well, we we come a long way. If you ask all these guys a uh, story, how they grew up, it it was not it wasn't fun. Uh, yes, we were happy, but we we grew up in a humble background. But again, we didn't have everything you guys have. Not you guys, but the what the American kids have right now. So yeah. I see my kids the way they grew up now. It's like man, my daughter knows a lot of stuff I didn't even know. Like man, this is this is fun, but you know. That's why when I see my kids right now, like, man, I'm glad I, I stayed here and have my kids grow up and uh, get everything they want because that's all you need. We hold human beings. That's all you need for, for the generations. Was there ever a time within your within your journey, especially I would say in college when you're like younger, was there ever a time where you're like, man, I can't do this. I want to I wanna go back. I want to go back home to Kenya or was it, were you always just kind of like locked in that the entire way? Man, it was bigger than me, man. Like, yes, 
it's not like I say, it's not easy to get a scholarship mm -hmm. to get a free ride through through college. It's it's not it's not easy, and uh, I was blessed. I didn't even that didn't even came into my mind because like I knew, you know, some people are looking up to me back in Kenya, and uh, I had to do what I had to do, and uh, the best ways to get better, and you know, extend the hand down. Yeah, after you getting your time done at Iowa State, like you said, you went to New Mexico, went to the Army, you did your thing, and now joining in that uh, the world class world class athletic program as well. Like you kind of have, like we kind of just mentioned it, but you kind of had like that same uh, brother. Well, you still have like that same brotherhood. You, you train with Scott Simmons now with Paul Chalimo and then Brandon Keeter who finished right behind you at the Olympic trials and even like Shadrach Kipchoge and all these people like they have like the same journey as you and you guys still like train together I'm kind of just curious like what is that group atmosphere kind of like because you guys all went on like the same similar path like through the NCAA college system and like joining joining the army and then like now now are running professional trying to make the olympics any type of way how is it just how is that culture kind of like with like your families and everything are you guys all just like homies and stuff i, I feel like it's it would have to be pretty lit at practice that's what i'm thinking oh yeah it, it's brotherhood man you know it's the same man you can't you, you can't make it by yourself you know uh, for the kids to grow up you need the whole village Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for someone to be successful, to be really, really competitive at 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 any at any sport, you have to have someone who pushes you. And uh, I'm lucky. We're lucky to have this group here. Like you say, they have. We all have probably the same similar background. We all know what it, takes, it took us to be here, mm. and uh, that's why when we go to practice, we don't mess around because. Uh, we we want to be better and we push each other and uh, man we we are lucky to have you know jelly more silver medalist shatra 2707 coril olympian mm -hmm. my brother 1305 i mean i can go down 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 the line it's like 15 of us and the good thing with the group is like everybody has a has something which is better than the other you know some people have really good raw speed. Some people have really good strength. Some people are, someone is good at something. And that's the thing we have at Fundage. Like we kind of push each other based on the your strength. That's cool too. Is I feel like your group definitely holds each other accountable as well. Cause as you were saying, y'all are really doing it for something. It's bigger than, it's bigger than you at the end of the day. Um, what you all are doing and accomplishing. So, yeah, what's it like to have have those people too to just hold you accountable um, in life and just and just whatever you're doing? It's good, man. Like I, I'm lucky I have. Uh, so, my brother is training with me too. Yeah, and uh, it's it's very competitive out there. The training sometimes. Sometimes it gets too. Sometimes it gets too competitive. That sometimes <laughs> I feel like we push the envelope too much. But I guess that's why we 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 have the group. Our group is have uh, uh, success. 2016 we had four Olympians. This year we had three Olympians. I felt like we, we could have put more Olympians in the team. But you know, it's it's tough. The Olympic trials this year is tough. Was tough. And. Uh, you know this group is tough, and yeah. uh, we're getting better. We're getting better. I feel like we we're gonna, we're gonna be competitive uh, the next for for Vija. We have Pena Kita. He just came. He just joined the group last uh, two years yeah. ago, and now he's an Olympian. He's a he's a young guy. He's, he has time to develop, so he's gonna continue getting better. And we have a lot of young guys that uh, they're gonna come up uh, down the road. And for us now, we are the holder guys in the crew is up to us to just teach them the you know the tricks of and just rely on our coach. You know, we have our coach who really understandable and it brings us together. Can you talk a little bit about your coach? Cause yeah, like you were saying that the group is amazing. I mean, the group busted on the scene a couple years ago, I feel like. But yeah, I don't feel like people talk about 
y'all's y'all's coach y'all's coach a lot because i i haven't heard much about him but he's always producing i know i mean you know scott simon he's a he's a he's a great coach man i mean like i say to make for me to make that team in 2016 yeah. i couldn't have met it without guys voice uh, scott simons and uh, for him yeah he doesn't like the limelight like he doesn't like to be out there mm-hmm. he's he does things uh, low-key and uh, man the guy is, is very knowledgeable he loves the sport he does a lot of dirty works for us even example during winter we're gonna have a six feet of snow and you'll be like, oh man, we don't have speed walk tomorrow. And then midnight, coach will text you, hey, we got a speed walk tomorrow. Like, how? It'd be like, how are they clear the, the track? Dang. So those are little things it does that, you know. It, you got to put in work if he's shoveling the whole track. You got to yeah, go hard. Just, like, the whole track like, come on, coach, there's no out there. It's like, yeah, you got to warm up inside lane one. When you finish warming up, you do walk out. So it does a lot of extra stuff that people don't see it behind the scene. And uh, it keeps the group together. And like, like any other coach, man, it's, it's a learning experience. You know, you I've been with that coach since 20, 2014. And you grow as a coach, you know. Coach learns too, like every athlete learns through, throughout the year. And coaches too learns through the year. And for him, what I like about him the most is like, he's, he's willing to listen to the the athletes because at the end of the day it's how the athletes feels and for him to he listens to us and adjust if we need an adjustment he adjusts to that but he, he keeps the group together and then i want to go back to one thing too as i think we we're winding a little bit down the podcast but you were just we were just talking about a second ago about your teammate who finished right behind you brandon keeter and the olympic trials like how was it like you guys can't come off the last turn the last bend at the Olympic trials and like you and you are right beside him. Like you two are like right beside each other, spreading down the last hundred, like for you, like seeing like his journey. And you said like him just joining you guys and coming onto the team and being that young guy and you getting, making it onto your second Olympic team. But as you guys come off that last turn, I have one more barrier to go. Like what is kind of the feeling knowing that like my teammate and this, like this young cat is like right next to me and we're finishing it in one, two, for the Olympic trials. It's a good feeling, man, because, like, hey, we push each other every day in practice. And uh, looking at Kitsa, the way he progressed throughout the season, fast race, he ran 836. And then he got better every, every race. He got better. And seeing him the way he pushes, the way he trusts, I think that funny that uh, Kitsa has is uh, he believes. He believes he can run. He, he believes he can run eighth flat. So he knows, like, he, he, he does have a talent. And, uh, you know, me and him went back and forth, like, man, just discussing. He's a student of sport, too. The way yeah. he thinks is exactly the way I think. And I think that's that's going to help him. Because, like, when I go to the race, I like to break down everybody. I, I like to see my competitors and try to break down, like, what are they good at? Like, how am I going to beat them? And he does the same thing. And I remember the night, the, the day before, we were like, you know, we realized our eats went out a little bit fast. And I was telling him, I don't think the fun is going to go a little bit fast because some people are probably tired from the hits, from the semis, I guess. And uh, I was telling him, we have two options, you know. If we push three laps to go, somebody may stick with us. But if we wait 250, we may actually try to attack and just surprise everybody and push it. And I remember sending him a, a clip from a 20, 2012 Olympic, Olympics in uh, mm-hmm. London. The way he came by does, Ezekiel came by, uh, yeah. one of the best people that sent him, like, man, why this guy, the way he does the last 300 meters? Crazy. And we, kind, and we kind of did the same thing. And to see him do, to see him come through the water jump with me, I was like, oh, man, this feels good. Yeah, yeah both both of y'all clearing the whole thing. No, I mean, no, no drop, last last yeah. jump. Yes, so that was a good feeling. So in 2016, you took eighth at the Olympics or seventh? Am I? Seven at the Olympics. You took seven at the Olympics. Yeah. 
I know the goal is always the goal is always to medal. I'm sure, but how are you approaching? How are you approaching it this year differently than you did in 2016? Of course, man. 2016, I was just excited to, to be in the Olympics. I think the excitement just kind of overwhelmed me because uh, I never expect to be an, Oli an Olympian. And when I met the Olympic 2016, I was like, oh man, I'm excited to be there. And the way you walked, the way I ran the, the semis, I was just excited to run again as Kimba. Because yeah. Kimba has been like, that That guy is exceptional when it comes to championship. And mm -hmm. I was in the same age, we ran the same age. And finals, I was just excited. I was just, you know, go there, run and see what happened. So this year is different. I've ran against these guys the last uh, four years, for sure. And uh, you know, I'm getting better. The more I race, I run against them, I, I'm getting better. I, I'm learning my weakness. Every race, I come back and tell go, okay. They dropped me. 2016, I used to get dropped three laps to go. Mm -hmm. 2019, I was there until 200 most of the races. So now we've been working on that last 200, what, what we need to, to do to be there, to be able to close the last 200. And I feel like I have we have a chance. I have a chance to be in the middle. Uh, you know, uh, it's too bad Chega is not there. Uh yeah. Consensus is not there. We haven't we don't really know how the team, Ethiopian team, is it's gonna be. Because they put three guys that was in the trials, but the guy who won Monaco is not in the in the team. So I don't know if they're oh. gonna go back. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna go back and do that. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna go back and put that guy in the team. So the only actual, the only guy who is really, really favorite is uh, Albacale from Morocco. Yeah. And then the rest, the rest of us is just, you know, we've been raising, beating each other back and forth. And uh, when I rest, when I rest them in catch it, uh, I felt really good. And uh, it's almost those guys is the same guys who've been in the Olympics. And uh, I think the championship race is different uh, than the Diamond League. Mm. And uh, it's more of a cal calculation to be done. Like you, you, you have to be there. You have to be in that position before to be really, really good at it. And uh, I feel like that has, I have advantage over some of the guys. Because uh, if you look at the Kenyan team, uh, all of them are first time Olympians. If you look at the Ethiopians, the same thing. So we kind of are going there feeling, and that keeps you confident, and that's all you need in this sport. You you need confidence more than anything else, and I'm going there feeling confident and you know ready to compete with them. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I like I like to hear. I can't wait to see it. Also, want to ask like, how do you think, or do you think that you know, Tokyo not having fans and just the layout of the Olympics is going to be so much different than Rio because of COVID. Do you think that's going to affect competition in any way? Or is there any way that you're trying to prepare for that? For our competition, I, I don't think I don't think it's going to affect us a lot. I feel like other competition, probably like, like long jump, triple jump, 100 meters. There's some competition that feed on of the, the crowd, crowd. Yeah. of the crowd. But for us, like, yes, we're probably going to miss it, but I don't think we'll have a, that much of an effect, especially when, when the camp goes off. It's just, it's you know, Olympics. It's, it's, it's Olympics, yeah. We are, hey, we lucky to, uh, to, be, to be, to for this Olympics to happen. So we're just excited to go there, do, do what you got to do and just leave. Yeah, well, we definitely gonna be cheering, cheering you on in that final, and hopefully you get on that medal stand and really that gold medal. That's what I think. That's what we all want to see from you for sure, and especially all the Americans really just be in contention up there. It's gonna be definitely exciting. Thanks for coming on. We're gonna do like some closeout, like some uh, closeout fun questions towards the end that we kind of really yeah. just want to know, but really just close out real quick because this dude, like y'all, if y'all don't know the audience, like. This guy, you, you were a part of uh, Eli Kipchoge's breaking two moment and like pacing. Yeah. Just kind of what was that experience was like? I know most people listening, like I was watching that for sure. I had to stay up. I had to stay up in the middle of the night and watch you guys do all that and pace. Like that was that was crazy. One of the most historic 
things in running history and you were able to pace for a little bit for it. How was that experience doing that with Kipchoge? Man, I was lucky, man, to be vital. I think that was going to be vital history. Down the road, uh, I'll be telling my grandkids I was part of that group that broke the two-hour body. And uh, it was good. It was good. It was it was a lot into it, man. I remember two, three days before. So we we, we, we got down in the water in the shipping door. And then we flew direct to, to, the, to the venue. And uh, every day, man, it was just practicing, practicing out there. Because everything had to be perfect. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was too much practice. You know, you go, to, you go around the course, practice, you get back. It's like you are going through class. And it was really exciting. I think the most exciting thing was just looking at Kipchoge, how, how composed he was. He looked like he didn't have any pressure, man. He looked, he's a different animal. <laughs> and uh, he was... We were kind of, I was even nervous more than me. It was like, man, this is tough, man. You know what pace they have to go through? Yeah, that's that crazy. Thing is, that thing is unthinkable. <laughs> it is crazy. And uh, I was lucky to be part of the of those, uh, I think it was 40 of, 40 of us. And uh, it was fun, man. I, I enjoyed it. And uh, something I will live to tell my kids i'm cranky there's really some beast in that group like the picture you guys all took and like the steps in kipchoge like yeah, there's really yeah, like yeah. some Legendary. legends it just yeah some like everybody in there. there is is are like goats in their own right then you have kipchoge breaking into our barrier that's that's really is a legendary can you oh, see yeah. can you see kipchoge i i mean i know you you run for hoka shout out hoka could you see kipchoge doing an ultra marathon I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Just but break some more records. Break some more records. If he does it, for sure he's gonna break records. Yeah. Um, but you know, Kipchoge is a. It's, it's actually from my village. When I grew up, I remember when I was in sixth grade. Even before Kipchoge started running, I used to see him. I knew him before even he started running. And uh, he has a long story, man. He used to do a lot of business in the morning. I could see him meet him when he was coming going to my village and i was going to school in his village and yeah. uh, it's it's just it's, it's one of the best he's amazing athlete man as an humble guy too it's always crazy too seeing like those uh you know those neighborhood stars the people that you grew up with and you're just like dang bro like you were crazy i didn't know you're gonna end up breaking two hours in the marathon but you knew he was different different like yeah, that's crazy. But uh, Joshua, was at, Joshua, another question Joshua had lined up is, would you like to see cross country in the Olympics? Like maybe the winter, the winter Olympics. You said you're, you're a bigger, you're a bigger fan of the, Olymp of the, of the winter now living in, I living in Iowa, living in Colorado Springs. I just thought that was interesting because like you, you've won a, a world cross country race, the, the Great Sterling cross-country race and like you you guys done it with uh wcap as well and like for the the usatf like national or just like just cross-country races so people have brought up that conversation before so do you cross-country and olympics what do you think about that or just cross-country being a bigger deal i think so. i thought that uh i felt like they would have had it last time they didn't have it right no 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 but Yes, I th I think it would be I think it would be a good thing to have it in the Winter Olympics. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, yeah I think it would be cool. I yeah, man, cross country is one of the toughest events. I I rent uh, World Cross Country 2019. Man, that that thing is tough. <laughs> it's tough, and you know the, the good thing about cross country, you have uh, everybody from running from 1500 to probably marathon. So you have a combi combi combination yeah. of different talent coming together one day and just doing one event and it's it, i think it's good for the sport I, I think they should consider that i think that's a great point like you have all you have all different disciplines in the distance like in a distance realm from what you being like steeple and marathon 10k 5k and you guys can all meet on like this neutral field of cross country yes. where it's still competitive nobody no not one particular distance really dominates it's all really about the individual and the course at the end of the day like yes there's yes. a lot of factors yes it's true yes 
That's yeah, actually I why I like track bet. That's why I like track better because I'm like, dang, you letting all these people get a chance to beat me on these different <laughs> courses. Let's just make it fair and get on the track and pick an event <laughs> and we'll race. Hey, no. <laughs> cross cross country stuff, man. Hopefully they don't do they don't uh, design the same course they did like the one they did in 2019. That was a tough course. That was like a mountain running. So that's uh, right. That's some Joe Gray. Yes. <laughs> I was telling Joe Gray you needed to be there. But yeah. Thing about Joe Gray, man, I've been training with that guy from 2013. So he's oh, a yeah. top guy. I was also wondering because Olympic trials was crazy. We saw a whole bunch of crazy times and a whole bunch of young kids like uh Cole Hawker, I think Mo, and then Grant Holloway going close to the world record and Gabby Thomas, so many crazy things. Like what events are you most excited to like watch at the Olympics as well in track and field? Man, I was excited to avoid the hundred meet the women. But uh, yeah, yeah. we, we all were, we all were. She is she's one of the exciting uh, competitors out there. But right now I'm excited to avoid the women's point and meet the hurdles. Yeah. I felt like every time Sydney and Delila face each other, the world record goes down. Yeah. And uh, Delila broke the world record in US Championship 2019 and it did again in London. And then you have the, the lady from the uh, Netherlands. For me? Yeah. Yeah, she's she's running well. So I'm excited to watch those three compete for cold. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting race. I think another world record is probably going to have to go down. For someone do it. What do you think you could run in the four hurdles? We got sub sixty. Oh yeah! Oh come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I keep myself like at least faster than fifty-four. Hey, we need to we need to get steeplers out on the four hundred <laughs> hurdles and see what see what they can do. That would be, be fun. Yeah. The funny be... <laughs> thing though. I used to like did uh, the got loans in high school, right? Mm -hmm. I was really good in long jump, high jump. But my favorite event in terms of running was a uh, one ten meter hurdle. Oh, you're uh, ready? Oh yeah, you so ready for four hundred height? No problem. The it's nothing. Yeah. Height, no it's problem. nothing. But yes, but you need. Hey man, people don't realize the kind of skill you need to be really good in four hundred meter hurdle. Because remember, you're going at a top speed. Yeah, you're going. But you can't misjudge anything, man. It's, it's tough. Those guys are like, like you say, that one 10 meter hurdle, man, that guy's, it, it's good. Yeah. He's attacking those hurdles. He's running so, so fast at him. It's crazy. Uh, it I'm is. A, I don't even know how you do it on the steeple, though. Jumping over the whole water pit, the last lap, that seems scary. Yeah, but <laughs> if, you, if you they have a I have background with long camping, so I think that's that's the advantage I have, and that's one advantage I have. I feel like if I feel, if I'm feeling good and I'm there 200 to go, I always give myself a chance because mm -hmm. I know I can attack that barrier really well better than those guys. And remember, if you have a second ahead of everyone else coming out, it's it's only 150 meters remaining, so. Yeah, that's how I normally see the race. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely get in a two thousand steeple one day, not three thousand. Probably go to all comers, get a two thousand steeple in just just to try it out, just to imagine being Hillary Board for a second. But 3, you don't 000, feel, don't, hey, don't you, don't feel the, you don't feel the you don't feel the of steeple jays until you pass the two gate. That last two I, I, laps is different. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay with not feeling the effect of that last gate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then also we ask this question to everybody on the podcast because sometimes we don't know who to get. We don't know who who we should get on the pod. So who should be our next guest on the Two Black Runners podcast? Who who do you think would fit fit the Two Black Runners mold and be a great guest at? Hey, I saw I saw your brother talking about Chelimo. Like uh -huh. five. <laughs> I think that's where that guy would be great to get in there. <laughs> yeah, I think Chelimo would be for you know. It'd be good for We love to have him. We love to have him. We love to have him. <laughs> there won't be there won't be no fighting. We'll we'll get along. <laughs> yeah. We'll get along. And then last question, and then we'll get you out of here, my man. We always like to ask this question to end it off. It's kind of deep, 
but I think it really just sets the tone of who you are and what you, who you are and who you are definitely in the sport of track and field. And that is what mark do you want to leave in the sport of track once you hang up the spikes and you're all done running? What mark do you want to leave on the sport? You know, we do this, like, like I said, the reason I'm doing this is because someone else, I, I watch someone else do it. Uh, I watched Kim by the way, that's, uh, he did the steeple jazz. And uh, it's just like, hopefully I keep a uh, faith or en- encourage a kid out there to just look at me like, oh, this guy is uh, five, five feet six and he, he can do this steeple jazz. So hopefully I, I keep encouragement to some kids out there, you know, to do the same. You know, it's always, uh, yes, you have to have the talent, but at, at the end of the day, you have to have a big heart. Uh, if you watch the NCA women's stages, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, you know nobody thought that lady's gonna win, but I I felt like she had more heart out there than than everyone else, and uh, you know it's just like encouraging. Hopefully, I we encourage the next generation to continue with the sport. Man, love that, love that, and love Part having you on the podcast. We really do appreciate you coming on. Best of luck in Tokyo. Like we said, we're going to be watching. you definitely part of the Two Black Runners podcast family now. And really do, yeah, we really do appreciate it, man. I really do. Aaron, you got anything else let's say before we close out? Uh, no, no. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I appreciate everyone that listened this far into the podcast. If you listen this far, you truly are a day one homie, and we appreciate you. Thank you again, Hillary, and we'll see y'all next week on Two Black Tuesday. Hi, thank you guys.